welcome all to another session of upanishad chandogya chapter 7 om namo brahmadibhyo brahma vidya sampradaya kartrabhyo vamsharishibhyo mahadbhyo namo gurubhya shankaram shankaracharyam keshavam badarayanam sutravashikrutau vande bhagavantau punapunah ishvaro guru ratmeeti murti ved vivagine ೋತ್ಮನಿರಾಕರೋತ್ಮನಿರಾಕರೋತ್ಮನಿರಾಕರೋತ್ಮನಿರಾಕರೋತ್ಮನಿರಾಕರೋತ್ಮನಿರಾ
to this principle of life whether we can know it or not knowing there is a link to this like how the wheel is linked to the hub by the spokes every aspect in the in the creation whether visible invisible tangible intangible in all this nature they are all linked to this principle of prana or principle of life whatever it way you want to say it and it is not the physical body of the individual like father brother mother or sister what we are talking about when life is pulsating in them we deal them as father mother brother etc but when the principle of life is not pulsating and not seen they become we call them dead and then the treatment to them is different but we don't realize that it is not that the presence of life has taken out the life and uh, what we call it as was only an expression of life which has stopped life itself has not gone out of anything because life cannot be taken out of anything whether it's sentient or insentient so what he says that is that in the world we are in a in a confusion as to what is the real meaning or what is the real principle of life so we are confused and we say that you know when when we see there is chesta or pulsation or activity in the in the in the object which we see whether it be a mosquito or whether it be an elephant or a, a human being or an animal doesn't matter we think that only those sentient things have got life but but the upanishad says it is not that it is this life is the hub to which everything in the world is linked to so therefore the manifestation of the life principle is is particular when we call it as a living being but it is not particular but it is it is universal when it is not being perceived so we should understand that these aspects of life is so inscrutable that we cannot really pinpoint what life is so the the third mantra in the in the same under prana it says under 15 ata yadi api enan utkraman utkrantan pranan shulena samasam vyatishyetan hadhen eva enam bruyu vitrhasi iti matrhasi iti vatrhasi iti swasrhasi iti na acharyahasi iti na brahmanahasi iti the whole life is nothing but this inscrutable principle of life which we call it as prana and this is a mystery that is operating as the names and forms in the world whether we call it as sentient or insentient so who were understand this mystery as the all comprehensive reality superior to the names and forms which is infused into every atom of the creation including himself he is a master of knowledge 
only in such a person the knowledge is in its it's in perfection indicating that the one who such possesses such surpassing knowledge his utterances will also be surpassingly truthful whatever he says is satyam pada satyavadi or adivadi is the word used here in this upanishad so that person who has understood the knowledge of the principle of life percolating through every atom of creation and perceives the principle of life as pulsating through both sentient and insentient thing is the person who has the knowledge really speaking pranohi va etani sarvani bhavanti sava eva esham pasyan evam manvan evam vijanan ativadi bhavati tam chet bruyu ativadi asiti ativadi asmi iti bruyan apakhnuvita the greatest knowledge of vijnanam what we call it as is the knowledge of light itself it is not the knowledge of objects or the process or the appearances or the names and forms it is the knowledge of reality the knowledge itself is the reality and the knowledge of reality is not separate from the knowledge one who can understand this way he transcends all because he has become one with that knowledge and has gone beyond all sense related apprehension or in a understanding which we have in our transactional world it has become his being the knowledge has become his being that being and the knowledge is not two aspects of it the being or the reality is become the the truth and that the knowledge and the truth reality being all become one in that level and he has become one with the truth of life or truth of reality or truth of absolute and when it becomes as a conviction or as a knowledge in a person such a person is the one who when he speaks only he speaks truth from the standpoint of you he has become one with everything because he sees himself in everything therefore speech being an expression of one's thought and knowledge whatever one utters becomes true at this this stage of existence the person who has identified himself in the in the contemplation when we crossed over from the physical matter to the transcendental level we have now come to the vaina one of the finest aspect of the truth or the truth and the knowledge which are being the same and his experiences are not separate from the truth there is no experience in such a person which is not truth which is not depicting truth so we are not in the realm of knowing 
the names and forms and the multiplicity of the world but we are in the realm of being of things very very difficult to comprehend with our mind we need to tune ourselves to the higher realm of this being the knowledge itself or being the truth itself so one who tunes himself to this being he understands the truth of the reality and he can see only truth in all his expressions and all through his transactions it is very difficult for one to understand what he vinishes is talking here it is neither to be understood because a layman can never understand these these levels of experience of the person who has transcended the, his personal being to the to the infinite being and there he has become one with the prana he and his prana are not different such a person when he is uttering anything it is the truth or the reality or the absolute what he is talking about he is talking from the point of the absolute the being utters itself or the being talks itself that is the stage state at which he is there so the ordinary form of sensation perception and meditation etc are very minuscule in front of his knowledge because all these things are related to our sensory objects or sensory uh, inputs and expressions so therefore knowing the reality knowing beyond what it is perceivable being one with the reality is the level at which narada is being now being taken by sanat kumara and he is now waiting to listen more from the master saying that what is he is going talking he himself is narada is not able to understand so in the 16th section sanat kumara continues without narada being questioned about what is superior to prana so he say eshatu va adipadati ya satyena adipadati soham bhagava satyena adipadati iti satyam tveva vidignase dabhyam iti satyam bhagavo vidyatnyasa swaidu this transcendent speech is an expression of transcendent knowledge which we have now seen that and it is identical with the transcendent truth this is a very very high level of experience or the peak of experience and that experience when is being expressed as a speech is the speech of the reality of the being the truth and knowledge being identical they at that level the speech becomes the truth the person who speaks from that level eshatu va adivadati ye satyanavati adivadati that means such a person from who is speaking from this level he speaks the truth the the speech becomes the truth 
because the, the knowledge is based on the truth. So Narada says, please initiate me into the mystery of acquiring to that level of knowledge which is tuned up to the reality. And how can I become one with the being? Satyam tuva vijiknyasitavyam. My dear Narada, if you want to that knowledge, you have to tune up yourself to that reality. You must know what reality or truth is for before we want to tune up to that. How can you identify your knowledge with true or with whether with the knowledge unless you know what is truth and what is that knowledge about the truth? So this aspiration for identifying yourself with the knowledge of truth and knowing and speaking of the truth is the, the next stage in the evolution. We are going beyond life because the life is an expression of that being. Now we are going to be becoming one with the being. So in the 17th section, Sanat Kumara continues, Yadavai vijanati yada satyam vadati na vijanan satyam vadati vijanan neva satyam vadati Vijnanam tu eva, vijitnyasitavyam, vijnanam bhagavo vijitnyasasayati. Again, the, the continuation of the truth and the knowledge is being continued in this section also. Truth has to be known as it is because it has no qualities. What can you, what see, when in our transactional world, we have something called truth, hood, right, that truth and falsehood, etc., etc. We are not talking about that type of a truth here. The truth here is satyam. Satyam is what exactly what is being told in the Taitriya, Satyatnyanam, Anandam, Brahma. That satyam is the sat itself, the being itself. There is not, nothing separate called the truth separate and the being separate. You can, true, you can speak truth only when you know that you be that. Being in that truth, only you can express itself. That becomes your expression. Because you have become one with the being. And that expression of yourself, in abiding in that being, you, you are in a elevate a stage where a layman will not be able to understand what is being told. The Upanishad has now transcended all levels. Even the translations and explanations will fall short of taking or understanding what the Upanishad is talking. And this truth is not what we perceive as true in our empirical world. Please keep that in understanding. So, when this truth is being told here, we are talking about the existence, the truth of existence, or the truth itself as existence, or the knowledge itself. There is no difference between the knowledge, the truth, and the being. So the knowledge is the truthful, and it's very important. Know yourself as the knowledge. It is the knowledge that beholds the truth. 
or comprehends the truth. We are now entering into the difficult subject of ultimate principle of our very being, life, truth, knowledge, Satyatyana, Manantam, Brahma, that level we are now entering into it. Words will fall short of expressions. And to understand that, we have to elevate from our known methods of evaluating words and its meaning. If we use our traditional meanings for the words which we know, we will fall short of grasping the, the, the message of the Upanishads. So the 18th section, San Sarat Kumara continues saying that, Yatavai Manute Atha Vijanati Na Matva Vijanati Matveva Vijanati Matiswa Yetadeva Vijitnyasitavyam Matim Bhagavo Vijitnyasaswa Mati. Now a new word is being introduced here. From Prana, then we went into Satyam, and then from Satyam and Vijnanam we went. Now using Vijnanam, he is taking us beyond all these realms. The word Mati and similar word used in this passage of Upanishad carry a meaning which is much more deeper than the, the superficial meaning which we have known. Mati normally means intellect. But here it is not talking about intellect. As per one commentator, we are treading into the forbidden lands where mind cannot easily decipher these meanings because the words and their meaning are not traditional words or traditional meaning. So we do not know what exactly does the Upanishad is intending to convey to us or what we are, what is being spoken by the masters who have conveyed this to us are we hearing the right thing unless we attune ourselves to the higher realms of subtleness? There is no more individuality which is left in the individual who is in this level because he has become one with the being. So there is no more individuality or the individual understanding. So if you, if you are trying to understand it from the individualized point of view, we will never fathom that. <clears throat> Our, our incapacity of the mind stops when we, the moment we crossed from the Smara point of view of that, after the Akasha. Thereafter, it is in the transcendental levels where we have been discussing these things. So, Mati should be understood in a proper way. So, which, so such a state into which Narada is being initiated by Sanat Kumara says that, there is something higher than this knowledge or aspiration of truth. The desire to know the truth or the, the intent to know the truth is not a superficial knowledge or the tendency to understand something. It is a tendency of one's being to move towards becoming one with the reality. That is what is here called the Madhi. 
the very reason behind our aspiring for reality this is there in every atom every molecule is wanting to become one with the reality even though it is real a part of reality or it is reality in itself the the feeling that we have been disconnected from the reality and we are individuals and limited by space time or the appearance of name and form all those things have created the individualized in the in that entity but the moment we cross over all of them we are in the higher realms where the knowledge and aspiration of knowing what words being one with the reality is reflected throughout the expression this is why we have the tendency and we have the desire in ourselves to know the reality it is as if pulling back by the same power of reality who thinks that he is separate like a mother clutching hold of the child who is likely to be you know left out of from her holding in the hand the reality is pulling us back that aspiration of pulling back to the words the reality is the very reason why we are all searching for the truth and the reality who am i what am i why am i come in this world all these questions which we are asking is not because we are separate we are that reality itself but we are not able to attune ourselves to that reality so there is a tendency for us to move towards this reality and this tendency is prior to the consciousness of reality itself the consciousness of reality is superior for the than the urge towards to be conscious of the reality so the word mati here is the urge to 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 become conscious of the reality this is prior to everything else even becoming conscious of anything the consciousness or the consciousness expression is secondary when it comes to the being of reality or being of the consciousness or the ultimate being so in the in the what you call in in the avadhuta gita the tatraya says that this tendency to become one with advaita vasana means tendency to become one with the reality can come only with the blessing of that reality which is pulling us towards the reality it is not the human efforts our desire to know the truth or our attempt to study follow the rituals practice and everything which is the reason why we are looking for that they are all after effects of our urge in ourselves to be one with them the reality therefore the knowledge or the being with one with the reality or the consciousness of reality is the most superior to all those things which i have been told till now 
so narada says narad kumara beyond and prior to all this in you including your knowledge of reality including your knowledge for aspiration behind everything is the tendency in you towards move towards the consciousness of reality this inclination in your total being towards the reality is the only then you can have an aspiration for reality so it we have come to a stage where what is reality what is truth what is knowledge all these things become so confusing for us to that so narada is asking how is this possible i want to have this this urge in me is the reason why i came to you now you have to you have to take me to that level where i am one with the reality so i want to have the knowledge of this mystery what you are talking about as the consciousness of reality so in the ashtadesha khanda or the 19th khanda 19th section he says yada vai shraddha shraddha vyatah manute na shraddha dhanman manute shraddha de de deva manute shraddha tu eva vijijnasitavyam shraddhan bhagavo vijijnasasu now here a word shraddha is being brought basically the word shraddha means faith faith is normally in a place applicable word we have a dependency to take it as a reality whether we know it or not that that faith in the existence of reality is what is being referred here as the shraddha the consciousness of reality should be supported with the faith in the reality asti brahma there is something called brahma or atma should be the shraddha or if you do not have the faith in that there is something called being the absolute the truth the consciousness absolute pure consciousness if we do not know that we cannot have the faith and if you do not have the faith this tendency by even if it is pulling us we will not work towards that because that is a natural process of the reality to pull us back to reality it is we are in we are in fact part and parcel of the reality but we segregated ourselves thinking we are separate individual so the reality beneficial or benevolent in nature being is embracing us back to itself but only if we have the faith in the reality that will work because we will not we will be trying to wriggle out from that so once being towards real reality is almost simultaneous to with the shraddha the faith is also has should be simultaneous it is that faith in our mind introduced by us at every tendency that reality urging us towards itself and this is called self realization only when the shraddha and the mati go in tandem there is an urge towards self realization knowing our true nature 
this faith is superior to the thought understanding that what we call as blind faith it is not a blind faith it is an irrepressible feeling in all of us to know what is the reality what is my true nature what is my or who am i what is the nature of my being why am i so all the questions of kena upanishads come to should come to your mind now keneshitam patati prekshitam mana kena prana pratama preeti uktah keneshitam vacha nivam vadanti chakshu shotram kahu devo yunanti what is that power which is with which i am speaking what is the power with which i am able to see or speak what is that which controls my mind what is that decides my life prana so this there must be something there we do not have any doubt about that being therefore that faith in that being and the urge in to become one with the being should go hand in hand the mati and shraddha should go together so shraddha the faith in the reality of existence is somehow to be taken as prior to the mati because mati the intense or the desire or aspiration towards move towards the reality has to be accompanied by prashraddha or the faith and that is the consciousness which which become together which tendency makes us the tendency towards move towards the reality when these two happen together in anyone it is almost like a realization because he has faith and now he is know that his faith is going to be materialized and if we do not have this faith that there is an absolute reality and i am now having the desire to become one with the reality is together put becomes itself it become the the first step towards realization what we call it as self realization so narada says i want this faith to be implanted in me oh dear sir so the 20th section says ஸ்டெஸ்ட்ஸ்ட்ஸ்ட்ஸ்ட்ஸ்ட்ஸ்ட்ஸ்ட்ஸ்ட்ஸ்ட்ஸ்ட்ஸ்ட்ஸ்
The steadfastness here, you should understand that the capacity of the mind to contemplate anything except reality. The mind should be not even wavering for a fraction of a second from the steadfastness of the reality or that is that no that abidance in reality, the being of reality. That if the mind has an incapacity, then it is not steadfast. So we have we are virtually becoming that when we are having this nishta. Only when nishta is matured in a person, he becomes a person who has realized that the knowledge and the being are not two separate things, or the consciousness and the absolute reality are not two separate things. So Narada says, I want to know this Nishta, O oh, great master, please instruct me further. The 21st section. Yadavai karoti yata nishtishtati. Na kritva nishtishtati kritveiva nishtishtati. Kritisveiva vijitnyasidavyam iti. Kritim bhagavo vijnyasasva. All this is an effect of another important factor. Not only just that Mati and Shraddha or that the abidance in reality coupled with faith alone is not a factor by itself. It has to be coupled with Kriti means a self-control. Kriti means self-control. That has either been exercised by the aspirant or, which, uh, you know, born out of him, automatically, you know, the reason is not known because reality is pulling us to one side from, uh, from the other side towards us because our intent to know the reality or become one with the reality. We have the faith that we need to be abiding in this for abiding we need a self-control. This self-control is not a human constructed self-control or human designed self-control like Samadama, Uparati, Brahmacharyam, Exhasteyam, all those type of. This is a steadfast, this is a self-control or Kriti bestowed on an individual who has abidance or steadfastness with full faith in being one with the reality. His attuned to attunement with the reality, nature of reality in contemplation is now supported by this Kriti or the self-control which is blessed on him or bestowed on him by the reality itself. It is not a self-control which we, we have learned till now in the in the sadhana chatushtayam or in the prerequisites of a, a sadhaka or a spiritual aspirant. Here this kriti or the self-control is the benevolent reality itself supporting us to know itself. 
this is what i said a mother pulling his his or her child when it is being you know moving out of the range so that they, he doesn't she doesn't lose the child that type of a pulling back by the the mother reality towards itself and this is that reason why the spontaneous withdrawal from all that can distract us all desires that externalize which which can get waylaid by from achieving our goal can come only when we have this kriti it is important that you know we when we are bestowed with this self control we are aware of it and work towards the reality of being one with the reality with that shraddha and mati so when when the when this transcendence takes place you are now self control means you have abandoned the world the worldly expressions or world separatedness have been gone so you and i have gone there is no separatedness something called this and that or i and that or that this and that the duality is totally annihilated when this self control shines on the individual who is aspiring for it and this is the last stage of the greatest achievement prior to being one with the being it is a transcendent to everything this ach- great achievement of a person who has developed his contemplation from the nama rupa speech mind etc etc to akasha and then beyond the transcendental levels is the superior most that what vijiknyasi tavya is what sanat kumara is told so narada is asking how can i achieve that how can i achieve this all what is this action of self control what you are enjoying upon enjoying upon me before being one with the reality so in the 12th section sanat kumara sir yadavai sukham labate ata karoti na sukham labdwa karoti sukhameva labdwa karoti sukham tu eva vidignasidavyam sukham bhagavo vidignasasva now we are becoming one with the reality but narada the sanat kumara doesn't give the 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 name the what you call doesn't give us the door open to know that so he says that there is one last step which you have to take out before boarding the boarding the trip the you know the place unless you take out the last step which is still you holding on to the other side unless you remove that you cannot cross over so for that he says that arada i'll tell you nothing can be done unless it is propelled by happiness 
everywhere you will find happiness is the object of every kind of aspiration activity desire prior to everything conceivable there is a presence of happiness but what happens is that we do not know what is happiness that is the problem we all want happiness but we do not know what happiness is to know happiness is the last stage because when you are one with the being you should know what is the being and for that you should know what sukham is or happiness is the happiness what we are talking about here is not the happiness of the worldly happiness the whole process of creation manifestation dissolution evolution involution entire activity of the cosmos is an urge for happiness we thought we have got an urge to know ourselves to know the reality we want to know the ultimate we want to know atma we want to know brahma we want to know all those things but we do not know what they are because they are all mere words for us so sanat kumara says that to you should know what happiness is the is the real the real meaning of the word happiness if you want to become one with the reality how will you know when you are whether you have reached the destination or not unless you know what is destination it is happiness that is being trying to recover its own consciousness establish itself in its own pristine in all comprehensiveness this happiness is what is pulling us not knowing what is happiness we all work towards it therefore sankumara says that happiness is at the back of everything and happiness alone is that is what it is here we are being taken gradually to the point that you know that every effort is motivated by happiness and that happiness what is that happiness which should be known it is not a psychological or it is not a practical fact but it's also a truth it is happiness is not happiness alone it is that true happiness or that truth and happiness become one we knew the truth and knowledge has become one now sanat kumara says the truth and happiness is also one and the same the happiness is the is the one the reason why we should we are all the whole cosmic evolution is happening is in search of this happiness but the mere recognition or presupposition of the happiness behind every kind of activity does not solve the problem of happiness that will not solve us knowing that the happiness is behind everything is not going to save us from or going to take and lead us and land us in the state of happiness we are accustomed to think that happiness is an achievement by means of effort if i see something 
I feel that if I acquire that, there is a happiness. Pradamo, Prama, Priyamoda, Pramoda, which we have discussed earlier. The thing that we, the happiness is in the object, is the reason why when we are directed towards an object, thinking that happiness is in the object. And happiness is in diverse nature in different objects. If the one and the same object or the, or the way in which we perceive an or object is having the happiness, it should be the same for everyone. But that is not the case. The same object which is giving happiness to somebody need not give happiness to another person. Not only that, the same object which is giving happiness may not give happiness to the same person all the time. Yet, we feel that there is a happiness in every object. Though it is true that no particular object can attract the recognition of all the subjects at the same time. That is also another thing. All people are not working towards the same object. Each one is looking for different happiness in different objects. So there can be a re there can be a doubt that can arise in our mind as to where is the happiness line? Is it in the object or is it in the mind of the subject? Or if it is in the mind of the subject, the sub it should be there with the subject all the time. The very fact that mind is not satisfied with its own self and feels an obligation to move towards world of objects outside to get gratification or a happiness is an indication enough that something is lacking in the mind also. So there seems to be a flaw in the doctrine that, you know, happiness is in, in aggrandizing, achieving, or possessing things, or is in the mind alone. Because if it is in the mind, the mind should be happy all the time. So we know both subjective-wise or the dependency on the objects outside, this happiness is not seen all the time. So where is this happiness? What is the location or the source of all happiness? It must be somewhere. Because we, if we look at the thing, every atom, every molecule, every being, every sentient, insentient thing, there is a tendency towards to something in the process of either proximity, being, you know, possessing it or enjoying it, thinking that this drive for the other is seen everywhere but it is not known where the happiness is really located. We cannot find that happiness is there in the world, means the world, we do not see the happiness all the for the person. So where is this happiness lying? A very stimulating answer comes to this question from the great master Sanat Kumara. It is not in the mind, it is not in the object taken independently by themselves. Happiness cannot be bifurcated as a property of some particular finite thing in creation. 
if it is regarded as a property of the mind, it becomes finite content because mind is finite in nature. And if it is the nature of the object of the sense, there also it is finite in nature because it is finite in time, space and location. So even we join these two together, the mind and the object, then there should be a permanent happiness that we don't see that. Any amount of finite things accumulating together can still be finite in nature. The infinity is not the sum total of finite. Therefore, happiness cannot be regarded as finite. And nobody wants limited happiness. We are all looking for an unlimited, endless happiness. So it is neither in the subject nor in the object because merely both of them are finite in nature. My dear Narada, happiness is not anywhere, yet it is everywhere. It is in the completeness of being that you can find the happiness. Sanat Kumara says that. It is not anywhere, yet everywhere. It is contradictory, self-contradictory. Which means that the completeness of being in totality, not in individualities. It is not an aggregate of finitudes that happiness can be discovered. So we should understand when Dhanat Kumara said that it is the completeness of being that you can find the happiness. So where will we find this completeness of happiness or will the faith find fullness? The spiritual fullness, which philosophers call as absolute, the followers of religion call as God, and the psychologists call as the true spirit, all are the one and the same substance. It is the infinite reality behind all finitudes. The finitudes are spots in the infinite. And the infinite is happiness in nature. So what we see the happiness in the finite nature is a reflection of the happiness of the reality in which these finites are dependent upon. This dependent reality is reflecting that happiness of the infinite happiness through the finitudes in the names and forms. That infinitude is the source of happiness whose reflection is some manner or the other in the finite objects of sense becomes responsible for our belief that happiness is there in the objects outside. Because it is being reflected in the finite objects. So now from the 23rd onwards is the explanation of the absolute reality. We have been now taken into the spacecraft or that craft which is one with the reality. Now we are going to travel along with the reality from the next section onwards. Having become one with the reality, having become one with the nature of happiness, having one become the truth, 
having one become the knowledge what is that state in which we will all be when we land there or when we are one become that is what is going to be explained in the coming sections which we will deal with in the friday om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnameva vishishyate om shanti 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 hari om shri gurubhyo namaha hari om thank you anyone hari om charan spars bindu sir uh, can i go ahead with your with my question yeah go ahead yeah uh, happy yoga to one and all present here happy yoga sir uh, so you did uh, i think explain the object is not a happiness and the source what you are itself is happiness but sometimes the mind is not associated with an object not with a sense organ object or not with a particular uh, thing which has to be conquered it is just the imaginative uh, future or the past or, or 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 what i have to actually be the the comparison of the idealistic person what i have to be it's not a object it's a imagination um like let's say i want to be an astronaut it's a it's a ambition it's a it's a imaginative person which i am thinking is finding that inside me a search for happiness or is it something again a losing the connection between the self the true self of happiness and me that's what the Vinishad says, we are confused as to where it happens, whether it is in the object or it is in the mind. So any ambition is in the hope of that, achieving that, you will end up in happiness. But from our experiences in the past in our life, we have seen that no object has ever given us permanent happiness. nor the mind without any object by itself has remained happy happy because mind also goes through the ups and downs by itself without an object also whether we call loneliness depression or mental swings mood swings etc all of them are mind or soul nature so neither in the mind nor in the objects is a permanent happiness seen not even when the mind and the object which has got an object which is supposed to be having some happiness reflecting on it when it is achieved we have a momentary happiness but doesn't last long so the true happiness what we are looking for is unending happiness or the nature of happiness or the being of happiness itself that is not seen either in the mind nor in the world outside whether it is an ambition you achieve a job you get a job you are happy for a few days 
and then the problem sets in and the, your happiness is born you are looking for either a promotion or you are looking to change a job all those things are showing very clearly that you are not achieved what you are looking for this is what is called the tendency of the reality to pull us back towards the reality because we are looking for the happiness which is our source we have come out of happiness and now feeling individual separated out but our all the activities of us if you look at it is motivated or propelled or you know pushed by happiness of permanent in nature but we do not find it anywhere because we do not know what is happiness or the nature of happiness the true happiness we do not know so we are confused with whatever little reflections of happiness which we see either in the ambition or on the objects or on the possessions or the momentary experiences of experiences things like that only a person who sees that in these finite things there is there can never be a permanent or a unending happiness such a person will work towards knowing what is true happiness thank you sir if i may inquire a little bit further arjuna in the middle of the battlefield when he says that let me give away and just go on why should i even fight with uh, uh, you know so how does like when when you say happiness how does dharma and happiness connect that's where i am i am trying to get to how does the kshatriya dharma of arjuna even if he says that i want to just go away somehow connected i mean uh, krishna with bhagavad gita he connected that happiness to dharma so where is that connection between what i do how i see even though sometimes it is actually painful but it is according to the dharma which leads to the true self which is happiness in the shastra itself it is mentioned that dharmena punyam bhavati if the the dharma leads to punya and the result of punya is sukham adharmena papam bhavati and the result of papam is dukkham so if you are in do following the dharma your intent is to have the happiness in the form of punya which gives a result of happiness and you know that if you follow adharma it will create a papa which is the result of papa is a dukkha so there also you can see that tendency to achieve happiness is why people follow dharma so if i can restate that statement following dharma is purely because in the uh, in the seeking the self happiness all activity whether you are following dharma or whether you are following sensual or pressures or you are liking solitude anything and everything and adi sukham na dadati if it doesn't give the happiness nobody works towards that yet we do not know what is the nature of the true happiness 
we are under the assumption that happiness is there in our activity whether you are looking for a solitude or whether you are getting engaged in a social activity or whether you are engaging in your sensual enjoyment or whether you are following your religious dharma dharma etc every word the ultimate desire which propels us to do things is in search of happiness if happiness is not there nobody is propelled towards unhappiness even those who are you know torturing themselves thinking that they are doing that they have a misplaced feeling that torturing themselves they are going to be happy that is why the people do the torturing themselves no the self torture torture i am talking about i am not talking about the other other torturing torturing of others in the name of religion etc etc there also people are thinking that they will be reaching heaven and they'll be permanently happy so whether you are doing things in the mundane life whether you are doing your religious duties or whether you are doing your sadharma your ultimate propelling factor is to achieve happiness that achievement of happiness is the reason why we are all pushed into the life in the world but we not do we do not know what is the true nature of happiness we are expectations of happiness is different from knowing the true nature of happiness unless we make the difference between these two we will be always thinking that there is happiness in this or in that thank you very much sir charan sir Uh, namaste bindu ji uh, quickly i wanted to ask that uh, when we are referring to this transcendental thing uh, like there are two things right one is a transcendental reality and a transcendental state for example any upasana that kind of uh, uh, thing which gives a time bound result of transcendental state so but uh, there needs to be a difference right because when both will say that they are beyond words and all those things so like how how do we understand this particular thing which uh, in this chapter it was referred kind of the terminologies which are used in the transcendental level like smara asha adivara nati and sutta and all those things are not what we are using in our transcendent transactional life they are more like state beyond the mental and memory based knowledge it they, they are that is why they are called transcendental in nature because what is taken from the memory is transactional what is not taken from the memory but propelled by a power which is not known to us it can be inside us it cannot be it can be from pulling pushing us or pulling us from to the other side we do not know because that is the state where we call it as transcendental in nature so once you are crossed over to that level of transcendental nature 
the nature itself pollutes with our intent and it takes us stage by stage by giving us the required supports for that but the self control if we do not operate in that level our memories will come and start disturbing that nature of transcendental in nature because we will be either pushed back to the transactional world and our duties and responsibilities of the world will be prior i mean prioritized by the mind and we will be brought down from the transcendental to the transactional level but when we do not have that we will be in a state where we are oblivious to the world we are oblivious to our physical being we are oblivious to all things which can be there in the memory it is a state by itself where i cannot say mind is the one which is moving because it is beyond the mind because the mind and the memory has been we have left it behind but there seems to be a progression taking place unknowingly for us in the process were the finer aspects of reality knowledge truth and happiness becoming overwhelmingly clearer and you know that the shift which i am talking about happens naturally this is exactly that what katopanishad says no natapasa yuan vam runote that state that mantra which is the it is the reality is embracing us to that levels where the individuality is lost but we are experiencing higher realms neither in the mind but in our being how does we know that 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 such a state exists because we have in a state where we do not have a mind but we have an experience i don't have to repeat where we know that you know which shows very well that there is a being in all of us when we have not the individual not with the mind not with the memory and all but that being when happens naturally we call it as deep sleep but when we go through the meditation process and when we transcend beards ourselves to the transcendental level it is a state with full awakening we cannot call as a waking experience at the same time it is not a deep sleep it is a wakeful deep sleep you can say i mean for want of any other word this is how we have to understand that transcendental nature is that word words cannot be used for knowing that state at the same time you cannot deny it because it is the it will be experienced by you just as you cannot deny your deep sleep but at the same time you cannot express what it is same way 
Yeah, that is interesting because a couple of days ago we were discussing the same mantra, Nayam Atma Pravachanela Labhyam Namedayanava. And the second stanza goes something like Tamai Yesha Vrunite Tena Labhyam. I forget the last line. So, but, so that last line is saying, he who chooses that, so the, I think there the grammar is tricky because two translations we were looking at were saying both opposite things. One is, uh, one is saying that he who chooses that uh, gets that and the other one is saying like you quoted Avaduta Gita, right? That uh, he is chosen by that. So in this context, in this chapter, he's, it's telling that actually the person is chosen by the, in, it is giving that kind of uh, uh, this thing, right? Because this that second stanza of that mantra, it feels like it can be interpreted both ways, like either the person is choosing that or that reality is choosing the person kind of thing. What do you think of this? It is very clear in the Upanishad that it is not a Purushamadi Prayatna. He cannot, you, you and I cannot choose that state. We can only make ourselves available to be lifted up by somebody. That what lifts us is what is called the capital H, He there in that mantra, not the one who is trying to achieve that. That is the individual. He cannot be lifting himself up. The lifting is being done by the Ishwaranugraha Deva Putra Advaita Vasana, what the Abhutta Gita said. So that, the grace from the, the being, because we everything is in the being only, but we had an intent with a faith and a devotion and that, you know, surrendering with that self-control which we are doing it, we are making ourselves available for it to be lifted. Right? Yes, yes. This is one of the beautiful concepts because sometimes uh, it feels like, for example, in the sixth chapter, it felt like uh, that Tatvamasi Upadesha and all this, it somehow gives the opposite kind of vibe. But uh, I think there is a reconciliation and uh, sometimes like this, the Upanishad is saying, and, but I think in different contexts probably. No, it is both are complementary in nature. The Tattumasi or Aham Brahmasmi or Pratnyanam Brahma or the Mandukya or Taitriya, all those Upanishads are preparing us to open up our mind, knowing the reality, that that reality is not in the names and forms. At the same time, everything is in it. Therefore, we are also in it, but we are feeling a separatedness. To drop the separatedness, we need to open up ourselves. As long as you hold on to something, you cannot leave it. Even if it wants to leave you, you it wants to you, it, it tells you to leave it. You are holding it, but you cannot leave it. So we have to leave our clutches onto the limitations of the mind and the intellect and the notions which we are carrying as a memory before we are being lifted up by the experience of the being. Yeah, yeah, nice. I think this complimentary thing is very nice. It is. It sounds something like that, jag, jahad, jahad concept or something like that. So, 
and one another question i had was like so this sukham this now just we discussed now now there is a line in brahmaranyaka saying atmanastu kamaya sarvam priyo bhavanti right navar patih kamaya patih priyo bhavanti something like that uh, in the this thing so that priya atmanastu kamaya sarvam priyam bhavanti so that is similar to this so there is some connection to this sukham which he uh, sanat kumar is telling something there must be a relation right for, for both of these things yeah see that that The, the context in which that is being told in the Brahadarnya by Yatnyalkya to Maitreyi is that everything in the world we are doing it for Atma Sukham. So, Atma Eva Priyam Bhavati. The, the Atma is the desired one. So, if I am loving my child is because I love myself and the child is giving me the happiness which I need in me. by not being an obstruction to me my happiness the moment the child becomes a rascal or a unwanted uh, behavior hinders my own happiness becomes a headache the son is unwanted for me my love for my object any object sarvastu kamaya sarvam priyam bhavati atmanastu kamaya sarvam priyam bhavati that's what the yatnyalkya says that everything in life is because we love ourselves the happiness is there in ourselves the nature of atma is happiness that happiness is the reason we love other things thinking that that is the one giving us happiness but here in this one also then sanat kumara says that it is not in the finite that happiness is there it is not in the finite mind that happiness is there it is where it is lying is to be known that is why when yatnyavalcha finally says to maitreyi say atma va are drashtavya you have to see what is atma srotavyo mantavyo nididya sidavya you have to do the shravana manana nididya sana to know what is atma and where is atma and there the atma and happiness are not there. so the priyam used there is indicative of the sukham of what here is being discussed because atma and brahma or bhuma are not different ultimately they are all the same yeah i think when you were explaining this objects and how the person is not satisfied by the same object all the time or all persons i think when you were explaining that uh, i had the same feeling which i had when when i was hearing that other so yeah, i thought there there must be some but very beautiful concept uh, this sukham i think whatever prakriya or whatever we call it is this is very simple right like the objects same object doesn't give pleasure to everybody or same person doesn't get all the time pleasure from same i think these are very powerful very nice things thank you binduji very nice session today but i think binduji today's session was very excellent one of the excellent sessions in all of the chandogya i think i think uh, by the words you are taking uh, friday will be more excellent or than this So yeah, very nice session today. And the se- uh, question with Srinivas ji is were excellent. I loved all those questions and your answers. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, Joy. Yeah, it seems that uh, we are means having a bit of a lighter discussion. So uh, is it okay if we 
uh, ask questions on you know the spiritual topic yeah yeah okay so i i uh, you know happen to uh, listen to one line from a, a talk talk of rupert spires and he pretty simply just says that you know what we are looking for is happiness and uh, i guess you know the direct path is a way to get that lasting happiness pretty simple and straightforward statement right it made me think for a second that you know what was my reason for coming into spirituality as it were or why why did i want to wake up to the truth uh even more than happiness i i would say it was the knowing of the truth itself like whether it makes me happy or not the priority is given to the truth right but yes i mean if our own nature is lasting happiness and if the one of the the main reason really is the search for lasting happiness then is this search giving me that happiness a lot of times maybe the answer may not come right it may not be a no also but it's certainly not a yes either because sometimes the search itself is or whatever the looking initially right is is a more passive like observing is more passive than it is uh, interactive or you know it's like when you go to a place that's more uh, ronicky lively whatever you want to say then it seems one is naturally in the flow of things and so one has to be once removed from all of that and be passive you know let things come up and sometimes letting things come up is obviously not as joyful or i'm not saying always right when there is peace there is silence and all of that is there uh, but so the question is clearly this only that if this is the search for happiness then there then during the process of the search itself what should sort of uh, sort of encourage you more on the path is when you actually see that or feel that um you know coming through right so when it's not happening in that way one is still continuing whether the whether there is initially uh, happiness we can use any word we can say ananda we can even say joy uh, but firstly the question would be then why is it not there because one feels maybe it will be there but for now maybe initially i'm not saying it's a miserable process either right at times it's not easy at times it's when you're listening to certain pointings that are very um, sort of direct in that way to look then it's not always the easiest thing to really sort of say when one has to seriously see that i'm not what i sort of have you know taken myself to be all this while or whatever it can be a bit you know uh, it's not necessarily resulting in very easy flowing sort of uh, fun or joy or whatever yet this is what we're working towards is lasting joy so that is fine and i can understand that for now it's a process which is sort of something is still veiled a little bit but this is an understanding right understanding is different and tasting it is different 
So this is what the question is. You know, like when I peel an orange and I have it, it will reveal its nature to me right there and then. I don't have to wait for six months to sort of feel that, oh, the orange is juicy sort of thing. Whereas it's understandable because this is a bigger search than peeling an orange. So even though one understands it, this is, I, I'm putting the whole thing across uh, to you and uh, whatever you feel to say on that, you know, if if you can sort of, if you want me to be more direct with the question, I hope it's sort of clear. It's just that happiness may not always be revealing itself during the path or even wherever we are at. I don't know. Right. It should, but it isn't. Okay, I would like you to go through the replay uh, whenever it is available. But to answer you, this Upanishad is addressing exactly this, especially today's lecture, exactly addresses what your question was. The tendency for every being for activity or search is to know the truth and there there is a difference when we say that happiness and truth are separate no Upanishad says that to know the truth you should know what is happiness because there is a tendency even a molecule or an atom or every being in the creation is propelled by a intent which is not known to it but as if pulled by a aspiration to know the truth or to be one with the truth and we see that objects are the sources of happiness and when the sources of happiness the same object doesn't give us the same happiness every time or the same object doesn't give the same happiness to everyone or other objects and other people or other situation or wherever we see that we do not see a permanent happiness in anything, nor permanent truth, in the sense that whatever may be the nature, they keep changing. We do not see the truth in anything. We do not see what is happening in it, happiness in this one. Now, if we think that the happiness is in our mind, our mind is also not able to find the happiness when it is alone whether it is loneliness or social uh, engagement, sensual engagement or gratification or absolute, what you call, solitude. Nowhere we are permanently happy because we do not, if it is permanently achieved something, we will not let it go or we do not have the capacity to forget or move out of it. This is the reason why the whole world appears to be in a permanent peregrination or movement towards search for something. 
not realizing where the truth is lying and the happiness which is being seen in the objects is confused to be different from the truth this is what this particular today's lecture has been addressing to it unless you transcend beyond your memory knowledge of the transactional world into the realms of transcendental where your existence is no more controlled by finite things yet you do are not in a realm where you are able to be grasping the infinite in its potency that is the time the where the infinite or the reality will hold your hand and start lifting you up ishwara anugraha deva kumsam advaita vasana is what avadhuta gita said that i which i referred in this today's lecture that anugraha from the reality from that grace from that reality will clutch us and embrace us to the higher realms if we are able to have a self control and dealing ourselves from the transactional memory based ideologies or ideas of what is reality that is the state when it is called the tendency towards sukham or happiness is taking place and this is where we end up in the final take off into the into the land of sukham or happiness or truth and knowledge all the names which we call it as truth happiness knowledge and reality and being all becomes one and the same because the difference is only in the transactional level but once you cross the transactional level to the transcendental these have got a different connotation or a meaning altogether and we are in the realm of transcendental being there there is no individuality anymore it is a shift from the loss of individuality you we me i this that all that multiplicity is gone and a pure being takes over which will take us to the reality with the grace of the reality pulling us and embracing us this is what was today's lecture which is exactly what i want you to listen to and understand and friday i'll be continuing because what is the nature of that sukham is what i am going to talk on friday uh, the upanishad talks about that in detail so what is happiness what is truth is explained in the subsequent from the 23rd section onwards in the upanishad which i'll be dealing it on friday so listen to this before you come on the friday section yeah uh, thank you for that uh, i mean, i think this is very very uh, lovely and uh, you know there is synchronicity if if what i'm asking you and what was uh, sort of spoken about is the same so i would definitely go and listen to it but uh, while you're here so i should definitely sort of you know take uh, that opportunity to sort of clarify this bit uh, not the whole thing but just this bit which is kyu nahi hai happiness jab hum isme puri tarah se delve kar rahe hain jahan tak sincerity ka sawal hai wo to hai na one could be using this time for so many other things right one gives it priority and by the way for me this is not a time pass 
a few people have said that to me that we come here we listen and uh, it's just a sort of thing but for me it's not uh, a place for because time pass karna hai to bahut kuch hai karne ke liye there are movies there is you know i don't know travel whatever so this this is something one respects and has you know this thing towards but of course it goes even beyond the level of that also the scope of that also right there is also such a thing as grace uh, beyond your own sort of efforting or non efforting but uh, bindu ji joy kyu nahi hai aur aage jaake ye apne aap ko hum samjha hi rahe hai na ki abhi nahi hai to kya hua aage jaake aayega agar nahi hai to but and yet this is not one of those paths which is about baad mein aayega because you are already that now but this i understand that even if you are that now maybe the realization is not fully see- something is not fully seen which is why it's not always uh, there so sometimes the emptiness that we talk about it's referred to you know calling it emptiness or nothingness kabhi kabhi wo empty hi feel hota hai or with a slightly negative connotation to the word empty sometimes you know it's uh, not very negative or anything but that empty versus full kind of feeling is uh, yeah, i think you understand what i'm saying so if if you could just like briefly address it and one more thing maine pehle bhi ek baar request kara hai i don't know why mujhe other groups ki sari talks ki notification milti hai aur iski nahi aati mere screen pe even though i am a member of jatveda and aapko bhi main follow kar rahi hu तो दोनों पॉइंट ऑफ व्यू से मुझे कुछ तो आना चाहिए कभी भी नहीं आता मुझे पता ही नहीं चलता स्टॉक का अगर बाई चांस मैं ऑनलाइन आ जाऊं तो पता चल जाता है और बाकी के मुझे नोटिफिकेशन आती हैं बकायदा इसकी नहीं आती तो या तो पोस्ट नहीं हो रही नोटिफिकेशन या क्यों नहीं आ रही आई डोंट नो सो दीज आर ये दो चीजें Yes, you may be, Raj, will you be able to say why the notification is going? I have no idea because as per my understanding who are follows the room or follows the speaker or the thing they should be able to get the notification and uh, then if her setting is the one the problem then she is saying that she is getting notification from the other places so why should that not that should, the setting is not an issue in technically speaking both way it's a mystery why she is not getting it so okay coming to your question why is that you are not feeling that happiness or the fullness in you by nature our true nature is happiness the atma what we call it is is nothing but that nature of true happiness not a relative happiness with objectives or the mental level or emotional level no the happiness of being is the real nature of our true self why we are not able to know that is the mind when it is in operation when it is in function it is turning outward and looking for the self in objects other than us even when we are thinking that we are meditating 
the expectation in the mind or the what you call the preconceived ideas about realization or truth or happiness can become a hindrance in by themselves this is what is called viparya in the technical term this can be removed only by a proper following an instruction given in the upanishad as instructed by the upanishad step by step and when you are diligently following that and in the process it also talks about your methodology surrender and faith all the three things should be at its peak for you to feel it within yourself it is there this very moment as i always say that all of us are that but we are not feeling that because one of the impediments are having a greater force taking attention of our mind away from that this is why i i often refer to that mantra from the katopanishad all the sense organs are turned outward only one courageous person turns his vision inward to looking within himself who sees the self in office which is the immortal in nature paranchigani vakran swayambhu that mantra so here also what happens is that we are sincere in our desire to achieve that knowledge to know our true self the true know the truth there is a sincerity in it at the same time our mind which is supposed to collaborate with our intent or the sincerity is not completely with us that is the time when the mind becomes the impediment or takes us away because the concentration the attention the surrender all the three things are at the mental level if any one of them is lacking then the mind will be overpowered by that and it will not be able to see the truth within ourselves so the only way is diligently follow the instruction of the upanishad step by step surrender and have the courage and the determination to follow the path dictated by the upanishad there is no way you cannot get it because it is your true nature nobody else you don't have to get it from anywhere else it is there very very now and then here only the problem is that the mind is having a devil's role playing us taking away so how to control the mind or how to tame the mind so that we the mind doesn't play a dirty game from realization this is the only way which i can answer that question of yours ha bindu ji ye to pehle hi maine bola tha na ki hum soch sakte hain ki ये सब चीजें होंगी एट द लेवल ऑफ माइंड कुछ जिस वजह से ऐसा हैप्पीनेस नहीं मिल रही है टू बी मोर स्पेसिफिक मैं कह रही हूँ कि एट द टाइम ऑफ बीइंग सिटिंग विद एम्प्टीनेस और इन एम्प्टीनेस एंड नॉट गिविंग 
any attention to the mind and just you know not putting attention even outwards or even towards the mind both so emptiness mein baithte hai to empty hi feel hota hai agar aap bahar ja rahe ho kisi lively jagah mein to wo nahi feel hoga to but emptiness ke bare mein hi hamesha baat hoti hai to be in that to be alone with oneself and that is supposed to is it is that supposed to give one that happiness the the emptiness and also when the word nothing is used would it be correct to say that it is no thing and yet it's not nothing that's my feeling but maybe you can say something what we should understand here is that the nature of self or the nature of reality is knowledge itself it is not the empirical knowledge that we are talking about it is the knowingness or the bodham or the awareness in of what you call an entity which is our true nature not what we assume we are as a human form mind intellect and all those things. no it is that state of knowledge where we realize that what is now perceived as the individual is painted on that canvas of the true absolute knowledge the individual is an appearance in that canvas but the canvas is of the nature of pure knowledge and once you know the canvas behind the painting of the individual like any other knowledge once you experience it whether the taste of an apple or an orange or a sweet or an ice cream you can never say that you do not know it anymore that is the nature of knowledge knowledge once is achieved remains with us because we are knowledge in our reality all the ignorances which are prohibiting us from knowing are the colors of the individuality which is covering the canvas behind it so we need to that nothingness what you are talking about is only a state of the mind that nothingness is not the knowing of the self but when it is called the nothingness it is not the mind becoming none not thinking of anything else the mind itself has to become a no mind where no memories are there no preconceived notions about who we are or expectations of what we should be none of them should be there in the mind that is the time when the mind becomes no mind and in that state of no mind only the knowledge in its entirety can shine otherwise it will be like the painting which is covering the canvas thank you pindoji thank you okay then no questions can i take leave sure sir sure pindoji thank you very much okay thank you all see you on friday thank you hari om thank you hari om thank you thank you vidyu ji